0: 98.7 FM,
1: Arizona's Sports Station, Weekly Blast.
0: Living up to the contract, living up to the hype, making all the big plays look easy. That was Josh Allen Thursday night against the Rams, and that was Josh Allen setting the bar for Kyler Murray. If you wanted a template for how a quarterback can set a tone and tilt a playing field, well, that is what Allen did on the road in Los Angeles. He staked his claim as the most dangerous quarterback in football, like Cam Newton in his prime. And don't think that Patrick Mahomes wasn't paying attention tension or that he won't be looking to make his own retort on Sunday. But this is about Murray, because unlike Josh Allen, Murray's last game of the 21 season wasn't so good. In fact, it was terrible. So much that some analysts questioned his legitimacy as a quarterback in the NFL. Now, we've all noticed his emotional maturity since that awful night at SoFi, but we have not seen what he looks like on the field. In fact, we've seen him call more plays than actually watch. Him play. Now I am not expecting Murray to lower his shoulder against a two hundred and fifty pound linebacker or a stiff arm unsuspecting cornerbacks, but I am expecting him to make big plays with his legs, and I want to see the same I'm going to win this game by myself if you need it, kind of vibe that Allen flashed last night. Because that is leadership. That is what franchise quarterbacks do. And now that Murray is being paid like one, it's time he starts acting like one for twenty. 20- 20 20 consecutive games, if necessary. All right, today's Bitly Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW, who make luxury affordable with two great locations and one great experience. Shop online at chapmanbmw.com. I like winning. Whatever I'm asked to do, I'm I'm willing to do. And again, um, limiting the hits, obviously sliding and getting out of bounds, it's... You know, above, you know, the utmost importance there, you know, the best abilities, availability. But, again, when I'm called upon to do something for my team, I'm willing to do it. That was a uh Oh, <laughs> well, I'm off to a great uh, that, start. In yeah, that, that was oh yeah, that was Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, after his transcendent performance last night, in which he was running over people, trucking people, running like a young Cam Newton. Yeah. And it's a cautionary tale. It I'm, is. Not, I'm not sure if you're the you're the owner of the Bills or the coach of the Bills if you really want to see a whole lot of that.
2: No, and again, Chris Collinsworth brought it up late in the game when that game was decided, and Josh Allen was just out there having fun, but mm-hmm. you know, pulled the ball down, ran, and 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 welcomed contact. To the point in your blast, Bick, we will. Josh Allen and Kyler Murray are two of the quarterbacks in the NFL most equipped to change the game with their legs. Mm-hmm. Now, there's others, Lamar Jackson, obviously. Jalen Hurts, you can put him in the mix as well. Uh, but Murray and Allen do it, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. You have Kyler Murray, and we've talked about this for three years now. His ability to make plays for his legs, but also his awareness of self-preservation, to, to limit contact, to be available for the next play—that's not a bad thing when you're five foot ten. Uh, Josh Allen is at the other end of the spectrum. Josh Allen has surpassed now Cam Newton in that aggressiveness, welcoming contact, mm-hmm. exploiting his
0: frame. Um, there's a lot of punishment that's delivered the, to and delivered yeah. by Josh Allen. Yeah. And and again that that's that is a form of leadership in the NFL. If you as a quarterback show the ability to do whatever it takes for your team to win, that means something to them. Like Matthew Stafford does that, but he does it in a different way. He does that by standing in the pocket and getting demolished, mm-hmm. but but he's cool with it because he he's all about whatever it takes for us to win that football game. And Kyler Murray's got a lot in that and he's been very successful. But but again, he's he's had to grow because he he never really failed playing football the previous week. Mm-hmm the way that he's always played. And so for the first time in his life, he's actually had to deal with, okay, hold on here. Let me recalibrate my game to, to, to fit the speed of the NFL. And I think there are times when you can tell Uh, that he, that he, 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 that he feels it and he knows he can get the edge and he knows he can get the ball field and he does. And there are times when he ducks out of place and he sacks himself. We saw that a ton as a rookie. Yeah. And, and the offensive line bore the brunt of that. And, and when it wasn't their fault, I'll never forget that. We came into the, Kyler Murray's second year. Every national analyst in America was ripping the Cardinals offensive line because of the whopping number of sacks they allowed. Half of them were Kyler Murray's fault at least. And that and don't think offensive lines don't know that and don't wear that. It's that's a tough thing to deal. So Kyler Murray's had to grow in that in that in that capacity so there's got to be a balance here you you've got to be the best quarterback you can you and and the stats are out there if Kyler Murray gives you 10 rushing attempts no matter what they look like you're not gonna lose that's a perfect point in where I was going by the way it's a double-edged sword too when he
2: quote-unquote sacks himself yes the play is breaking down you're probably suffering a loss of yardage uh, on, on most of those plays. But by making that decision on your own, you're not opening yourself up to the possibility of turnovers. Right. So there's there's good and bad in all of it. Mm-hmm. Now, to your point about the 10 rushing attempts per game, that's where it, I, I don't want Kyler Murray to change his his idea of self-preservation or protection at all. But the production was way down last year in the running game. His his carries from went from 133 down to 88 in two less games. His yardage went down 819 to 423. Touchdowns overall went down from 11 to 5. He was a legitimate running threat two years ago. He was. Uh, per yeah. game... Twenty one yards less that's, per game on the that's ground. Significant. It is significant. significant. And, and I'd like to see that number bumped up with that same air of responsibility that he has. Yeah.
0: Uh so it, it, it all begins and ends with him and, and the, the frame uh the framework in which we look at him, the the lens in which we look at him, it's changed now because he's been paid. And and we've seen his emotional growth. Let's hope there's also growth in his football game starting Sunday. If yep. so, we're all good. And
2: we will continue to talk football week one of the NFL, our first weekly visit from our guy. Mark Schlereth from NFL and Fox 1043, the fan in Denver. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. NFL analyst Mark Schlereth talks football with Bickley and Murata. Brought to you by Earnhardt Ford and Chandler. Shop local. Shop earnhardtford.com. We've
2: oh, been giddy over the return of the NFL. Action last night, full yeah. slate of games this weekend, but we're always uh, very excited to uh, welcome back to our show for another season of NFL analysis here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Our f- friend from NFL on Fox 1043, the fan in Denver, Mark Slareth, who joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Mark, how are you, man?
1: I am doing great. How are you guys?
2: Doing good. Uh, I'm going to start on a non Cardinals note because of your proximity to the Denver Broncos. Uh, And your your video explaining the uh, injury to uh, Russell Wilson, the middle finger injury, was brilliant, by the way. But my partner, Dan Bickley, went on record yesterday, and he's got Russell Wilson winning the MVP and the Broncos winning the Super Bowl.
1: Wow. Well, that is, uh, hey, from from your lips to God's ears, that'd be great. I mean, that'd be great for me. Like, I either... Want the Broncos to be unbelievably good or suck? Because either one of those things is really good for my radio show. Yeah, exactly. uh, yes, yes. M- middle, middle ground. I'm really. It's this about me and, and what I need from them more than. Uh, amen. His. And you guys, you guys know this is my. You know, I am my favorite subject. So. Um, <laughs> I like I, I need them. I need them to do that. Hey, listen, Russell Wilson. I I just I just laugh, and I get it that he's corny, and I get you know I that's who he is. At least he's authentic. He's he's a nerd. That's that's exactly what he is and who he is. But I find it hilarious when everybody wants to sit there and say and point the finger and say, hey, uh, this guy clearly is declining. He had one injury. He's missed. You know, I mean, he came back from a injury that was supposed to be an eight week injury to come back from. He came back in three weeks and he played in four weeks. And right. like, you don't think there's going to be some residual effects to that? And I just I find it comical. Like it, the the hate that gets spewed his way is interesting. And I've been in almost every practice. And let me just tell you, um, that dude can play. And he's and he's he's taken the level of a of football team that thought they were working hard, that thought they knew what it was to 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 prepare and to study and to and he's he like those guys have looked at themselves and gone, Oh shoot, this is what it actually looks like to prepare. Uh, I thought we were you know practicing hard and working hard and preparing exactly. hard, but we weren't. Yeah. And so it's, it's been a really good thing for the franchise, no question.
0: I, and that's why, that's why I'm so bullish on him because they got, they got tired of that in Seattle. And I guess, I guess that kind of guy can wear you out after a while, but it's all fresh and new in Denver. Tell me about the Nathaniel Hackett element because a lot of people say that he plus Russell Wilson, the offense that he's going to have Russell, uh, inside is going to be, it's going to be perfectly suited to him.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of things that you look at, you know, from just a scheme standpoint and, and, and a buy-in standpoint. Look at what happened with Aaron Rodgers. You get the first year of Aaron Rodgers and LeFleur and, and Nathaniel Hackett. And he was, I think he completed about 62, 63% of his passes. And then all of a sudden, year two and year three, he's the MVP of the league, you know, completing... What 70% of his passes and you know, and, and, and doing the things he's doing and having talked to Aaron about it he was like listen man at, at some point he's like I had to trust and believe in what they were asking me to do and he goes I've always been this guy that was like hey man it's on you everything is on you go out find a matchup you like best and exploit the matchup and he goes and then I had it I just had to believe in what they were teaching me and saying, Hey, listen, let us take that pressure off of you. Let us take that off your plate. First and second down. Let's let the scheme tell you where to go with the football. Third down, it's all you, man. You want to go to Devontae Adams and you got a great matchup, go go that direction. Whatever it is you want. But let us take that pressure off you in first and second down. Let us take and to embrace that and to how much easier that made the game for Aaron. That's, that's what set him apart in these MVP seasons. And I think that's exactly what Nathaniel Hackett is trying to do with Russell Wilson. Let me take that pressure off you. You don't have to scramble. You don't have to make every play. You don't have to, you know, hold the ball. Let me take that pressure off you. And then you can go back to being you on third downs or in critical situations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the brilliance of, of what they were able to do in remand. that's what they're trying to bring to Denver.
2: Mark Schlereth, our guest here on Bickley Amirata Mornings. Cardinals start off with a tough one Sunday against Kansas City, and we've spent a good portion of the preseason, Mark, talking about the Cardinals' strategy. We've never seen less participation in preseason games and, quite frankly, practice reps from from an NFL team going into the year. Um, and it may pay off. It, it, it may backfire. What are your overall thoughts on, on that strategy, by cliff kingsbury to preserve players because the cardinals despite that are going into week one with a very lengthy injury report
1: yeah you know it's it's the way the league is right now it's what sean McVay has done with the rams for the last six years and you know up until last night he'd never lost an opener right now of course they look like absolute garbage in their opener but you know when when you don't replace certain guys and and you know your offensive line can't block anybody i don't care how good the other players are um you you can't operate so you, this is the this is the theory that a lot of teams are 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 basically implementing and and, and wrestling with and um and i always kind of laugh about it there's part of me because i understand like this is the way of the future and i'm not the old dude in black socks well i am the old dude in black socks but I, i i i don't have shorts on because my my knee is bigger than my quad and it looks weird so i don't i don't wear shorts but um but what i'm what i'm telling you is like this is the way it is and like buffalo was the six reps that that uh, Josh Allen took in the preseason was that the difference last night between the Bills winning and 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 the Rams losing, or was it the fact that the Bills have better players? Like, yeah, I, I would I would argue that the Bills have a you know stouter lines of scrimmage and better players, and I, I don't think it was the six plays that that Josh Allen played. Um, or that you know that that Matthew Stafford didn't play that wasn't the difference to me so you know I, again you just got to go out and play and we'll see exactly how it how it works but um uh, this league is is interesting that way and and uh that that number of injuries just seems like the less and less we practice the more and more it seems like guys are hurt all the time it's just it's, it's kind of crazy yeah no
0: doubt all right now as a guy who's won championships and loves to show his rings to Jets fans which I which we all <laughs> which we all love we're all here for that um you know the super bowl hangover can be real from what you saw from the Rams last night how do you view uh, uh, what lens do you see the NFC West and the Cardinals position in it
1: yeah, I see it. I mean, I, I see just question marks. Like, uh, listen, man, you can say whatever you want about offensive line play, and it's the real skill position, but, you know, you know, Joe Noteboom was a backup player for a reason throughout his whole career, and every time he's had an opportunity to play, it, it, he struggled. Like, now all of a sudden, you, you, Whitworth retires, and you're like, that's going to be good enough for us mm-hmm. to... To you know, put him at left tackle, and he's going to be able to to survive that. No, Um, you know, and that was apparent last night. Now, you know, maybe they rectify it or fix it, but it was ugly. It was just ugly. And then, you know, the Cooper Cup is is the only weapon you have right now. I mean, Allen Robinson didn't produce, and so, like, you know, I think you look at the NFC West in general. There are some. You know there are some real opportunities for Arizona for San Francisco, but everybody's got everybody's got issues, right? Seattle is like you can say all you want about hey Russell was seeing the end of it, but when you play a backup quarterback and that's what you have backup quarterbacks, everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be perfect for you to win a game. Let me just tell you, things aren't ever perfect never so you know I mean that's it's insane so you look at it and you say that that division is really winnable I think that San Francisco looks like they have one of the best rosters but you still have a huge question mark at the quarterback position so why not like why not Arizona
2: Mark always
0: good to talk to you great that you're here with us for uh, another season man we appreciate it and before we let you go physically we saw that after we talked to you last that you underwent successful heart surgery much better than unsuccessful heart surgery I gotta I tell you, right. you doing yes. good, man? You feeling good? Right <laughs> if I was any
1: better, I'd be twins, guys. That's how <laughs> good I am. I, I really hey, am. Yeah. Now, thanks for asking. Yeah. Everything is great. I'm Big sure. love to you, man. Great. Enjoy
2: right. Detroit this weekend,
1: Mark. Yeah, well, you know what? We're going to try not to get kidnapped. So, <laughs> we'll talk to you next See week. You, bud.
2: Mark Schler the right. NFL on Fox 1043, the fan in Denver, our guest for another football season. Always brings it uh, one of our favorite segments of the week. Coming up next, another weekly guest we'll have all football season long the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, Herm Edwards, ahead of their game in Stillwater. he will join us next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: This is the Santan Ford Sun Devil Blitz with head football coach Herm Edwards. The Sun Devil Blitz is presented in part by Kila River Resorts and Casinos, Arizona State's official sports headquarters, and Santan Ford. We are Santan Ford.
3: Every
2: Friday during the football season, we will talk to Herm Edwards, the head coach of Arizona State. And that happens right now as Herm joins us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coach, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Hello, doing, Herm. Doing well. Um, uh, well. We'll get to looking ahead to the Oklahoma State game in a second, but uh, I wanted to, to rewind for a second and go back to week one. Last Thursday, we, we talked to you before the game. Uh, pretty clean performance in terms of operation and penalties, a 37-point win. Uh, what did you like most, and what did you like least about that performance in the opener by your team?
4: Well, the least is that we, we stalled out uh numerous times in the red zone like right? with the kicks and field goals and that was good for our young field goal kicker obviously but um this week obviously you don't want to stall out in the red zone you want, to, you want to score points uh i thought defensively it was it was a pretty clean game in the fact that uh you know we were playing a team that uh had two good runners and we were able to stop the run and then from there um, I think our D line did a nice job of putting pressure on the quarterback. didn't Didn't allow a lot of explosive plays in the passing game, so that was good to see.
0: This is a big jump up in class from the the first opponent that you're playing. Um, it, it, it's also coming off a uh, a night when I think you overdelivered and the team really kind of uh, put some optimism into the fan base, especially guys like Emery Jones and this validate kid. How do you feel this team is ready for this game's a, a nighttime game in Stillwater?
4: Well, I think, you know, the, you, you find out a lot about your football team. We said that going into our first game, along with our coaching staff. There's so many new players, with 50 players, um, you know, a, a lot of new coaches as well, two new coordinators, and, and I thought did a pretty good job at home, uh, a game that obviously after the first quarter we were in control. But going now on the road, um, it, it'll be interesting how the, the players react, right, in a stadium that's very loud, as we know. Uh, playing a very good football team. I mean, they they're very explosive. They have an identity of what they want to do on offense and defense. And uh, I think the first you know ten minutes of the game are going to be very important. How we handle all that.
2: Herm Edwards, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. During your tenure, Herm, we've seen your team go on the road and win big road games against Power Five opponents. So th- That's obviously uh, the challenge again this week. And how m- uh, how much does it reassure you to have a quarterback like Emory Jones, who you know coming from the SEC and playing at Florida, he played a bunch in front of a bunch of very loud, big crowds. How much does that put you at ease that he's got experience in the situation he'll face tomorrow?
4: Well, you, you raise a great point. Um, but being, that being said, um, his, the parts around him, how much experience do they have, yeah. right? <laughs> and I think he's going to have to be able to calm those guys down sometimes uh, in the huddle. Um, I'm going to have to help him on the sideline. But, but I think he's well aware of uh, what, he's, what he's walking into. As you said, he's been in these situations before. Uh, my message to him is don't make it a quarterback duel. You know, don't try to outdo the other quarterback. You know, when a quarterback does something, don't feel like you have to do something. Just let, you know, let the offense take care of itself. And uh, we function that way, we'll be okay.
0: That's a really good piece of advice because this game this game is featuring two very promising young quarterbacks. Spencer Sanders just was really, really good last week. Here's the thing that jumped out at me about Oklahoma State. They ran 73 plays on offense in that first game, and they're playing at a tempo that contested a defense, especially the endurance. How do you handle them defensively?
4: Yeah, well, you got to get off the field. You know, that, that's the key. And, and, you know, and, and I told our, our guys – it's very simple. They're going to move the ball. They're going to score some points. I said, but what, what the critical part is is that um, you, you get out of third down situation, get off the field. You, you got to make them punt some. And then you got to play really good in the red zone when they move the ball. You got to hold them as the field goes. I mean, you know, that, that, that's just a fact. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so we can't sit here and be naive and say, well, they're not going to move the ball. Our defense is like, oh, you know, I, I told them. I said, they're going to move the ball. They're going to make some plays. I said, but what we got to do is we got to continue to play. And I think the key for us is, is tackling them, getting them on the grass.
2: Herm Edwards, the head coach of the Sun Devils, our guest here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We talked so much last year, Herm, and I know you talked about it a lot, too. The number of penalties that your team accrued, it really was damaging to to, to efforts in in winning football games. Only four for 35, although a couple costly ones against NAU. Uh, How pleased were you with that, and and how confident are you that your team can, can keep it in that range against a much better opponent this week?
4: Well, the noise will be a factor now in and how we control our emotions. And you're right. You don't know, no. I mean, if you can average 4 penalties a game, um and I'm not saying you want you don't want to average any, but that's that's pretty good during the course of the season. You know, you that, that's that's that, that's a good number. But you're right. You don't want the ones to show up at the wrong time. And and I think the ones that we have to be concerned with the most is obviously the non-competitive fouls mm-hmm. when the ball's not hyped. You know, the false starts Jumping off sides. I mean, this quarterback does a nice job with his cadence. Last week, uh, the defense committed uh, four off sides penalty due to the quarterback's cadence because they go so fast. You know, you start running up to the line of scrimmage and all of a sudden he gives a hard bark and you want to get off I and mean, the ball's not high and you're off sides.
2: So on the on the crowd noise factor, I'm I'm guessing you guys made provisions for that in, in practice this week. Is that is that the
4: case? Yeah, like we do all the time. <laughs> It's not like it's, it's something new. Anytime yeah. mm-hmm. we go on the road, obviously we make provisions to, to handle that. Um, you know, coaches can't play. We're not in the huddle with them. They're out there on their own, and, and they got to they got to stay calm. We got to keep them calm on the sideline, but they got to keep their poise. They know it's going to be loud. It's going to be loud, and the louder it is, the more poise you have to have. We have some mechanisms to make sure we can get the ball uh, to the quarterback, and just have to keep
0: your poise. Transfer portal is unbelievable. You lose track of guys. You forget about guys, and then so when this validate kid comes in and, and rushes for over a hundred yards, I heard the stat that he had done that fifteen times at Wyoming. I'm like, what? I had no idea. You guys have to run the ball this year to be successful. How do you? What did you think of his performance in Week One? And, and how do you feel about you know pushing him off line of scrimmage Saturday night?
4: Well, I thought he did a great job in the fact that um, you know we really talked about it all week of, of not turning the ball over and I thought early in the game he was almost being too protective with the ball the way he was running because I've watched him on tape and watched him practice and I called him over the sideline I said look man just you got to make that that one guy that we can't block you got to make that and then all of a sudden it, he looked like a different guy and offensive line did a nice job obviously and uh, he did a nice job of, 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 of making plays with the ball in his hand. But I think all, all our running backs ran pretty well.
2: Uh, on defense, Herm, I thought the young corners that were pressed into duty last week performed very well. Uh, I know this week you're getting to Marcus Davis back, yeah. which is big. Do, do you also expect to get Jordan Clark back for this game, or is, that, uh, is it yeah, too early I to tell?
4: I he, think he's available. Okay. Which we, need, we need all the available players we can have because, <laughs> as you just mentioned, um, our secondary linebackers will be tested. There's no doubt. They're a very athletic offense. Um, they've got a lot of guys coming back. Um, and you've got to have tight coverage on. Even with that, they, they can catch the contested ball. So uh, it's going to be you know, one of our deals defensively is just to how we compete down after down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Herm, always uh, good to talk to yeah, you. Thanks luck, so much man. for the time. Good luck on Saturday, and we'll talk to you next Friday appreciate you both. Thank you. Thank you. Harm Edwards, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our weekly guest here all season long on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming up next, how are the Kansas City Chiefs getting ready for the Arizona Cardinals? We'll get into that straight ahead. Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the ak Community Studios on this Football Friday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Today felt like it's supposed to feel to get all that
4: behind us and all the talk of how we finished and this and that. It's just we're zero and zero.
5: Tears to the Rams playoff game. Tears in my eyes from the end and the shame that brought a lot of painful memories and led to everything we've been through. Instagram posts went away. Kyler's agents posts had a whole lot to say, but that's just a memory. And memories of this offseason really suck. There's a time that I remember it seemed every single day There'd be news about the Cardinals that I wish went away Their greatest wide receiver was suspended for six games And their other wide receiver sped fast in the highway Oh, everybody hurt their calf, nobody got to play the study clause made us laugh, so they took it away. Hey, so here's to a new season start. Cheers and the crowd will be warm in your heart because it's time to make new memories. New memories that are fun. So toast to the corners we got. And hopefully ten games from J.J. Watt because we need to make new memories because the memories from this offseason really stunk.
2: It's football season Sean, yeah. Sean McVay what did was, you uh, what did you think of that
0: <laughs> we really just didn't get in in much of a rhythm tonight so it- <laughs> yeah, neither did Jerry. yeah
5: <laughs> look that I figured gorgeous. I already had the abs of Adam Levine I might That's try right. to do the vocals
2: yeah I well. think I might be proud to admit I have no idea what that song is really yeah oh yeah. I'm so surprised by that what was it? It a Maroon
5: Five song called mm-hmm. "Memories" from Big. It was big last year and part of this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's too it's new. See, it's also was, Maroon Five. It was too. So, too yeah. Yeah. Ooh, it was too recent he for. It, he not, said
2: it. Notice Maroon Five didn't get drafted in yes, our all true. things red. Draft. <laughs> yes, okay.
5: Most people heard that said so that was about a Maroon Two and a half or three, true, maybe yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah, that's,
2: a, that's good. Oh my God, Maroon, Maroon Maroon Five's lawyer just tweeted us.
0: That was a different register than we're used to hearing. Yeah, it was. You're right. That's that's why that is so different. It was. Yeah, (laughs) he's a skilled
2: vocalist, y'all. Right. This just proves everybody needs preseason reps before yeah. the season starts.
3: Should have done one the I other. came
2: back to work yesterday uh, at like one something um, to, to record some commercials. And I was like, wow, Jared's just leaving work now. I yeah, saw so him get in his car and I'm like, what could, either there was free food or something else went on. <laughs> and now I know why you were here.
5: Yes. Also, there was computer problems, so it took me longer to do
2: stuff. Ah, I gotcha. Even the computer didn't want it to happen. The musical stylings of Jared Carlin, everybody. Thank you here on Bickley and Murata morning
3: you look forward to getting started um, and we've got a we've got a good opponent to do that against which even it's even better so it, it's a it's a great challenge and um, and then we're playing at their place. Place where it's loud, so you got to, you know. At the same time, when you're jumping out of your shoes, you've got to make sure you you calm the storm where you can execute at the best of your ability. So you can get high, just not too high, right? You get too high, and then you start doing things that aren't aren't the right thing. Chief said, Coach Andy Reid, have you seen
0: this guy, back? <laughs> I don't know. What does he look like, Jared? Have you seen this guy? Are you in joke number six yet, Jared? I got
5: three three Andy <laughs> Reid jokes. So oh, do you? So is that stay all? Tuned all right, wow. stay tuned.
0: <laughs> Okay. Um,
2: That's something to explore right there. Opening up on the road says the crowd will be loud. Ideally, that would be the case. Mm -hmm. Last night, we saw it again. The Rams had to go silent count on their home field at SoFi on a night where they raised a Super Bowl championship banner because of the influx of Buffalo Bills fans. So your projection was right. They took Mm -hmm. over that place last night. I'm wondering what the... After effects of last year and the Cardinals being so poor at home, what that what that does? To, you, know, you would hope opening uh, opening week would yeah. be you know exempt from that. There's going to be a ton of Chiefs fans there. Make
0: no yes, mistake about I, it. I do think that that's going to be something that that we have not yet really thoroughly vetted. Because when was the last time the Chiefs were in Glendale? Uh, do you remember a game? Mm, I think Has it, it happened was, recently? Was the uh, they played in Kansas
2: City and the Steve Wilkes year, I believe, but uh, I got to look that up. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I so, mean, last year for the preseason they were here, but that doesn't count.
0: No, and so I do, and I do think that as Jared pointed out, um, the arrival of Patrick Mahomes and the success that the Chiefs have had, it, it's kind of brought out the pride in the fan base. So if there is a lot of, um, I, I would mention, I, I would guess, you know, Kansas City where the Chiefs. It it's really close to Missouri as well. It's so. What's well, in Missouri? Well, I mean, it's close to Kansas as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. In, uh, that's what I meant to say. So it Sorry splits about that. the border basically, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it, it's that that area might have a lot of transplants that have moved here. And I think uh, the good news is they'll be wearing red, so it'll be hard to tell the difference. Yeah. So, but I do think that, and I also think that the way last season ended, I, I don't expect the crowd to be coming in in full throat. I think the crowd is going to be coming in looking to take cues from the football team, and and, and you know how it used to go. It used to be real easy when number eleven was here, I'll just throw him a quick out, and the yeah. crowd was into it. Larry, Larry, yeah, Even Larry, if it was a four yard gain, shut up, Jared. Larry, <laughs> right? Even right? Even if it was a four yard gain, people would go nuts. It was an instant energy source. I, I, I think the team is going to have to earn that. I, I I don't think we are in that in that realm where the crowd is a guaranteed source of fuel for the football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time Kansas City
2: was here was twenty fourteen. Wow. When Drew Stanton... Threw a touchdown pass to Jerron Brown with 3.26 to go in the third quarter. Wow. In a 17 14 win. Uh, Andy Reid talked about uh, the opposing quarterback. We know about Patrick Mahomes. What does he see in Kyler Murray?
3: He's smart and he knows how to execute that offense. Um, so he, uh, and then you add on the physical part of it where he's just tremendously quick and at the same time, he, you know, he's He's got that arm that is, that is potent, so he can put it anywhere, anytime. And um, so, you know, he's, he's a good football player.
2: Uh, Reed also acknowledges, yes, we've got a lot of new players on this team, but it seems like everybody's coming together pretty well.
3: Listen, we, we do have new bodies in there, um, but most of these guys have played, um, and the new kids I I think they're feeding off of the, the old guys. Um, and, you know, on the other side of that, we're, we're all pulling for Tyreek to have a great year too, so but these guys have done a, done a nice job of uh, working with Pat. They spent a lot of time in the off season with him, and um, and they have played in games that would be the one positive on, on
2: that do you really think they're
0: all pulling for Tyreek to have a good year in Miami?
2: No that was just a no that was just a pleasantry
0: no he wasn't he wasn't always the uh most beloved team I mean they love when he made huge plays, oh yeah. But he was kind of a. They love that four-two speed. Oh yeah, he <laughs> love he loved the peace out gestures on the way to the end zone. Yes, but yeah, there's yeah. I don't I don't buy that at all.
5: It's almost scarier to play the Chiefs now if you're the Cardinals because suppose they had Ty- Tyree Killster and was by far the number one receiver. Well, the Cardinals have one pretty good cornerback. You put Byron Murphy on Tyreek Hill and you're okay. Now, you know, the claim that they're going to spread it around to four mm-hmm. or five different receivers, you you can't just like blanket the one receiver with your best guy and, and who knows
0: what they're going to Listen, exploit. I'm sorry. I don't look at Byron Murphy Jr. as that guy yet. No, I, I don't either, can but I'm saying shut down an elite wide receiver. He's I, not that he's not a shutdown cornerback.
5: I agree completely. Okay. I'm just saying like he is the most known of all the the cornerbacks so at least you would like feel okay, okay. Yeah, better he's than got like
0: experience. Okay, yeah. Now right. you're going
5: to have like Marco Wilson, and then who knows who else trying to guard the other receivers. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what, L- listen, it, it's they they've got it's going to be a new look Kansas City team, that's for certain. I mean, they've got they added some significant weapons and they stole Nicole uh, Hardman, I guess he is healthy and ET is very fast. Not listed as a starter though. Interesting.
2: Interestingly enough because wow. the uh the, the the Chiefs at least in their depth chart list only two wide receivers plus the tight end and much too... Ron Wolfley's delight as I say that he walks right through the door. Wow, look at that. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs start a fullback. One of the few teams oh. in, the, <laughs> in the NFL oh. that do that.
5: Will Hardman be coming up from the practice squad?
2: Uh, no, he's on the roster. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, not every team does that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, Cardinals and Chiefs, 125 kickoff on Saturday. Let's go. Hours of pregame oh, coverage right worry. here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We got some social studies to get into. Yeah. We'll do it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings live from the opt Chin Community. Studios on this football Friday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.